Ed is on record saying that no man is allowed to say making love. Hey, I'm thinking about getting a tiger. I am very fond of posting cock pictures. What's the provenance of this dildo? I'm pretty sure they had butt sex that night. Hello and welcome. We're back. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast from theballerlifestyle.com. I'm your host, Brian Beckner, episode 33, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Anyone? Don't say Larry Bird, please. Don't say Larry Legend. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is your number 33. That's your iconic 33. Um, digression. Stoked you're here. Stoked you could join us. Um, everything's going good on our end. Really excited to do another big, big show. A lot of shit going on in Ohio, I notice. Sports related. LeBron's return, triumphant return, coronation, King James. But he had to apparently get Michael Jordan's permission to wear number 23. Why? Michael Jordan played on the Wizards. You know, like, I don't think anybody really needs his permission. It's not like 99. Like, there's been other 23s, right? There's only one 99. No one can wear 99. You look like a douche if you're doing it. But... LeBron James, he might be better than Jordan. A and B, A, B, C, D, one through five, who knows? Um, So uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, A a Browns fan, a Browns fan, I should just stop right there. A Browns fan did something unfortunate, and we'll talk about that. And the Ohio State Band, also some interesting stuff going on there. So a lot of Ohio talk. Do we have a lot of listeners on Ohio? Not to promote ourselves there. Speaking of that, Facebook, like our page, the Baller Lifestyle Podcast page. Tell your friends. Share it. I've been posting everything there. So if you're my friend on Facebook, you might not see all the Baller Lifestyle content because I also I don't all, always remember to share my Baller Lifestyle stuff on my, the Brian Beckner page. So that's mostly just um, me being like angry about where whiskey is made. So if you really want to be up on what's happening with the Baller Lifestyle every day, I mean not even every day, we don't post every day, just follow the Baller Lifestyle podcast on Facebook, another digression. Also in sports, a lot of DUIs in Arizona, and I thought they all were – belonged to Mark Grace. I thought he had all the DUIs, poor guy. Uh, But there's a couple interesting Arizona DUIs in sports that we need to talk to, and ah, you know, you thought Browns fans were bad. But uh, Baltimore Ravens fans might have them beat because Ray Rice started training camp and headed out to practice to a standing ovation. And just think about that and think about what kind of person, what would be the reasoning that you would cheer Ray Rice on his way out to practice? Like, just think of what kind of person would do that. Think of what kind of world we live in. Uh, Non-sports. Here's the deal. You ever go to a hospital and you get a male nurse, you check yourself out and you go to another hospital, okay? That's all I'm saying. I might be some male nurses in the audience. I'm sure you're great dudes. I don't have a problem with you. I'm just saying the odds. You got to play the odds. And there's a lot of male nurses out there that are mercy killers and worse. And we have a male nurse story or – I mean, technically, the guy wasn't a nurse. It happened in China. I don't even think they have, like, real medical professionals there anyway. But we're going to talk about what happened 
to some guys that wouldn't share their food in a hospital in China. And somebody lost their sex toy. They lost it for 10 years. Ultimately, it was found, and we're going to tell you where it was found. Of course, after that, the segment that's sweeping the nation, everybody's talking about. Of course, I'm talking about how fucking old is this guy? That's where me and co-host Ed Daly, we both come in with a known person, and we try to guess the other person's age. Um, Also, Fancy Pop today, special Fancy Pop. The usual stories are some Jay-Z and Beyonce popping off. There's a very, very funny story to me about a uh, a celebrity's height, celebrity actor's height, which is fucking great. I love that because they're all so little. And they don't want you to know they're little. Have a look at Sly Stallone sometime. He's always wearing heels. Like just get you ever see a full length picture of him? Always got heels on his boots. He wears boots with heels every single day uh, because he's a little guy. So that's always funny to me. We're going to talk about that. John Travolta. And there's news on the John Travolta front, and you know if we're talking about John Travolta, we're talking about what he's into, the stuff that he doesn't want you to know that he's into, that everybody knows he's into. We're going to talk about that. And special. Guest joining us today to talk about the Bachelorette finale. Jason Stewart will join us at, at the end of the show to discuss Bachelorette because the finale was last night and there was some high drums in the Bachelorette finale. Uh, so we'll talk about that with Kate and Jason Stewart. Joining me now, as always, took me forever to get to him. The King of Hoboken, the Mayor of Hoboken, the 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 homelesses, the homeless. Communities most hated in Hoboken. The guy is despised by the homeless. The word is out about Ed Daly. Of course, I'm talking about Ed Daly. Ed, how are you doing, buddy? That homeless dude gave me the stink eye the other day. Did he? <laughs> he hates yeah. me now. He I, see him, I see him almost every day, and he just, he's eyeballing me. And he's looking at me not like. Just uh, the vacant homeless stare. Like he's giving me some some stink eye. Yeah, yeah he didn't. But he by the like way, your natty ice. I have to correct your you know episode thirty three. When you're thinking thirty three, you're thinking Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Patrick Ewing. Oh come on! Stop or it. if you don't want to go basketball, you go Hall of Famer Eddie Murray. <laughs> uh, Eddie Murray, sweet a- face, sweet chops. He it's a great facial hair. Steady Eddie, he would just come up to bat and he would just get you a double every single time. RBI machine. Just he was just a stud. One of my favorite players. Ended his career as a Dodger and got really fucked out of a batting title when Willie McGee changed leagues. Oh yeah, Willie he Me- went to the A's, right? Willie McGee gets traded in a pennant race in 1989. Willie McGee gets traded from the A or from the Cardinals with his double ear flap helmet to the A's, but he had enough at bats to qualify for a batting title. And Eddie Murray plays the whole season as a Dodger in the National League and finishes like two points behind Willie McGee, who got traded. So that was bullshit. I that love me weak. some Eddie Murray and also Eddie Murray, huge dick. Oh, I, I'm sure. I, I'm I sure. mean, no, I don't mean that he has a huge dick, although nope. I'm sure he probably does. Incorrect. Incorrect. I know where you're going. I've met Eddie Murray. Nice guy. Super sweet guy. Really? Gave me gave me his bat in spring training when he was an Oriole. Um, 
He was uh, and he signed a whole bunch of shit. Uh, yeah, he was he was cool really dude. nice. But apparently, he got fucked over by some media guy early right. and just you know went with so, the "I'm not talking to the press" kind of routine, which is just forever. It's, it's suicide because everybody thinks he's a dick. But I'm just saying, like he was very approachable, very nice when I was third grader or so. Reputation um, as a surly guy. I'm yeah, glad yeah. to hear that's not true. He had a nice, like, fluffy little, like, mini afro that he would just set his hat on top of. Yeah. And he and really... And connect, it connected. Like, he had, like, he had afro mutton chops, too. Yeah, he he did. He did. Yeah. Always, always a big Eddie Murray fan. Uh, Ed, what's going on? How are you doing, buddy? Uh, pretty good. You know, I was reading something earlier today, and I, Tell I me. wondered if it, it translated to, to the West Coast as well. There's a story in the Washington Post, and it was about this sixth grade science fair project. And this girl who had the project, and it was just some yeah, some something about fish and av- evolution of fish. But she made this breakthrough discovery, and she started going on like talk show circuits and being quoted in scientific magazines. And then a guy who worked with her dad was like, "Hey, wait a second, that was my discovery," and he proved it. And then people are yelling at him saying. Well, you know, don't don't rain on the sixth graders' parade, and it's like this is his career, and some yeah. fucking snot nosed shit is stealing his work. Well, and I, I was mean, thinking, I, like, don't you the remember, dad's involved? But don't you remember? Of course, but don't you remember, like, when you were a kid, and like everybody's working on a project, and then some kid would have their dad, and it would yes. be like just out of the the park. They'd hit yes. it out of the park, and I just yes. hated those kids. Me too. They were the I didn't, fucking worst. I didn't have that luxury. My shit was always late. My shit was always shitty because I did it myself. Here, if you grow up in California, Ed, yeah, in when you're in fourth grade, you learn California history. Right. And here in California, we have the mission system where the missionaries came up from Mexico and tried to convert all that, the natives to like Christianity. The is that right. Padres? Yes, that's the Padres. Uh, and so all throughout California, there's all these missions where they post it up and try to convert the natives. And you have to build one in fourth grade. Wow. E- everyone, if you grew up and went to elementary school in California, you know what I'm talking about because it's the rules. you got to build a mission. And you pick one of the missions and you look at a picture of it and then you take some fucking popsicle sticks or some sugar cubes or some cardboard and – and you make a replica of it and you try to stucco it and shit. And everybody's that gets their mom to do it. Everybody's got a crafty mom or some kind of engineer dad or architect. And they build them for them. I built my own. Mine was made out of popsicle sticks and it was shitty. I mean it was okay. It was just very simplistic. It didn't right. ha- I picked like the simplest structure to copy because I knew it would be easy. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I definitely took the easiest route in some of these, but like I was competing against, and I, I, I have no problem saying it. I was competing against Jonathan Wagner's dad. That fucking guy was like a scientist, and he was creating crazy shit. And I yeah, hated him for that's it. That's bullshit. Yeah, fuck <laughs> Jonathan Wagner. That's fucked. Like, have I a little even pride. That guy's name in a quarter century, and I'm telling, I'm, I'm recalling just in my hatred. I really, really hope somebody shares the show on his Facebook page. That would be like my dream. That would be the best thing I could ever hope for. Yeah. What's with your dad, John? Yeah. Hey, John, what's up with your dad building your mission? <laughs> Whatever they do in Jersey. Well, in New Jersey, we do New Jersey history. So I built – you had to build like you – know, New Jersey had Edison and 
right. Eli Whitney, the cotton, the inventor of the cotton gin. So I, I remember making a real dog shit cotton gin diorama. <laughs> the thing was just falling apart. It was real bad. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Um, I should alert you something that I just noticed. I come home today, and as we record this, there's um, L.A. Southern California is basically like this. It's ungovernable. Like it's the Infrastructure's falling apart. All of our tax money is taken and distributed to people that don't really need it, like unions. <laughs> and the there was a, oh once a week it seems like, or a couple times a year, a huge water main breaks in L.A. And it's happened today, and it's happened right outside UCLA. And UCLA, like the brand new Poly, Poly Pavilion, is underwater. Not really underwater, but it's. Like millions of gallons of water, a geyser in the street. A lot of damage. But it makes me really, really sad for these newscasters because they are so overwhelmed by having to think on their feet and they don't know like what's (laughs) happening and are people okay? And I'm like, dude, there's like the fire department shows up with like some boats and shit and the newscasters are like, they still haven't deployed the boats. And I'm like, the fucking water's three inches deep. Like, I don't think there's any boats. Like, they wouldn't even be able to get the engine in the water. There's, I don't think they're going to need the boats today. Like, newscasters typically... Bl- bless their little hearts. They're yeah. trying so hard. <laughs> they're real dumb. They just read the news and look pretty. And they're really out of their element today. And it um, made me have a laugh. Uh, Ed, let's get to it. What's going on in the world of sports? Well, let's let's start with the serial killer state of choice. Ohio. Yes, Ohio. Uh, Michael Jordan texted ESPN earlier this week to let them know he's cool with LeBron wearing number 23. (laughs) Brian, my cell phone contains the sequence two, then three. Should I ask MJ if that's okay? Yes, of course. Fucking asshole. Yeah, (laughs) Michael Jordan has to be just, well, he's been getting his ass kissed so long that he shows up to play golf in Three-quarter length denim culottes, a denim shirt, a denim hat, a denim golf bag with his name on it, and denim golf club, denim golf grips. And nobody's like, hey, Mike, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> he's never he's never been checked. No no he's, one has asked him since he was a freshman in college. Same like, reason. What are you doing, buddy? Yeah, same reason that M- Mike. Tyson can buy a tiger when he's like, hey, I'm thinking about getting a tiger. And everybody's like, hey, good idea, champ. You should do that, champ. (laughs) You know, it's like you get your ass kissed enough, you just expect to have your ass kissed more. So I don't even really blame Michael Jordan. But like, where where does it end? (laughs) I mean, he's a terrible owner and my Knicks are owned by a terrible owner. Like, does he have to ask permission every time he makes a bad personnel decision? Yeah. He, <laughs> if, a, he, if a dude wants to wear baggy acid wash jeans with 35 holes in them, do they have to ask Michael Jordan for permission? What about Hitler mustaches? Yeah, like, right. he's, <laughs> is anyone else allowed to get Hitler mustaches that's now? Right. That, like, I, not too many people rocking. I feel like the the toothbrush mustache is kind of kind of fell out of favor. Michael Jordan's brought it back, but now that Michael Jordan has the Hitler mustache, like no one else is allowed to get it. No, certainly not. How about how about minor leaguers batting two hundred two? Do they do they do they ask Jordan for permission to do that? Because that was his number. Well, uh, what about fouling the guy that's guarding you before you hit a last second jumper? But pushing <laughs> exactly. off, is pushing it, off. Is, did, did he copyright that? That's, That's not allowed right. anymore? Right. If you see a blatant charge not called, like, Michael Jordan gets commission on that <laughs> piece of uh, shit. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. Also in Ohio, 
a Browns fan. Maryland authorities have tracked down and arrested a Browns fan for urinating on Art Modell's grave, then posting video of it on YouTube. Brian, what's worse, the fact that the Browns fan was dumb enough to post a video on YouTube or the fact that he's wearing the jersey of an offensive lineman? <laughs> um, well, it's one of those things like, what, is that even criminal? Like, he just pissed on some ground. Yeah. Like, I, I do that I, all the time. There, I, I have no problem with with graves and all that. I mean, yes. when I, I've, I've told Michelle repeatedly when I die – I want to be cremated, of course, and then, and then thrown into a dumpster somewhere. Like, yes. I don't care. I'm done. Right, you're gone. Yeah. You're not. You're not using that vessel Guess anymore. Uh, it is a pretty like. There are a few graves I might consider visiting if I were in the town of you know where it's a. I happen to be near a popular grave or someone that I. I was. did a couple of years ago. Yeah. I was I was in Paris and mm. I actually I actually heard I heard that the the uh cemetery was really cool and it was it was like very ornate and so I did swing by the Jim Morrison grave to see what was doing and there really wasn't much doing but a lot of a lot of garbage gifts people left for him. Were people was anybody hanging out? Yeah, there were people kind of milling around like waiting to see if if they were going to get caught smoking a joint. But, like, it was, you know, they're just, it was, like, lots of fan art, people, you know, yeah. giving their shitty drawings. Yeah. But, like, but I did go to a famous grave, so I can't say that I, I have never done it. it right. Was, but it was a cool cemetery. It was yeah, a very cool cemetery. Isn't, like, Oscar Wilde buried yeah, there, too? I, there's, like, a million, like, random old authors and poets, yeah. like, just people you know their name, or, or composers, like Chopin, or, you know, just random people you've heard of. And they're, like, really ornate things. So, yes, I've visited that, but, like, I don't know. Was, I don't get it. Are you planning this summer to maybe go visit um, Georgia Frontieri's grave or <laughs> Al Davis? or Because Art Modell was a businessman that owned a football team. I think he had, like, some car lots or I'm not sure how he got rich. But uh, he owned a football team and he got a better deal for his football team, his shitty football team, and they were going to give him a bunch of money to put the football team in a different town, so he did it. And I, I get people feeling nostalgic, but if you think about it, in this day and age, if the Cleveland Browns moved to China, you could still watch all of their games. Yeah. Like, it would be better. Because <laughs> they wouldn't be blocked out when blacked out when people didn't show up. Yeah. I People get very wrapped up in, in the location of teams. Like, in this day and age, the world is very small. You can you can watch games anywhere, from anywhere. And to, to hit the uh, Ohio trifecta, the Ohio State University is facing pressure to reinstate marching band director John Waters. OSU fired Waters Thursday and released a 23-page report which stated that Waters allowed and promoted sexualized rituals such as uh, performing naked, singing filthy songs, and acting out sex-themed stunts. I, uh, Brian, uh, how do you, where do you stand on sex-themed stunts uh, with a marching band? Oh, I have a bit, I have a different question. Why is uh, eccentric homosexual Baltimore uh, and, film director and John Waters and terrible film director John Waters, <laughs> John Waters <laughs> running the band at Ohio State? Uh, none of those things even sound bad. Like that sounds like some nerdy ass band shit to be doing. Let's sing some dirty songs, guys. Yeah, like let's let's form let's march let's get the tuba section to form a penis. 
Yeah, like I thought, I thought I always assumed that band members were real freaks because they're all nerds and they come from nerdy high school bands and then they go to college and it's like, hey, wait, there's a bunch of nerdy high school yeah. girls in this band. Let's all have sex with each other. I say good for them. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's a real bummer looking at those band people. It's nice that they found somebody. The only problem, yeah, I, the only problem I'd have is if they did that where the public could see him because I don't think you want to see any of them in their underwear. No. None of them. Definitely. Well, I don't want to see a marching band do anything. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, I mean, I'm just saying like that's like one of those things like good for them but let's make sure nobody yeah. has to see them. The the only thing I'd less rather see than marching band players have sex is marching band players play their instruments. <laughs> Like on the field at halftime, like that's I don't want to see that ever. Let's uh, let's, yeah. let's let's shift uh, geographies to a, another mediocre state, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Phoenix Suns forward PJ Tucker was arrested and charged with super extreme DUI. <laughs> so good. <laughs> T- Tucker had thick and slurred speech and watery bloodshot eyes, according to the report. And the officer detected a powerful alcohol odor as he interviewed Tucker. Tucker told the officer he was coming from the W Scottsdale Hotel where he had one beer. During the during the walk and turn test, Tucker stumbled to the side and caught himself on a construction fence. The report stated. <laughs> Uh, Brian, uh, what, what do you, what do you think about the, the label super extreme DUI? Uh, it's so great. Only in Arizona could there be such a, such a thing as a super extreme That's, DUI. That sounds like a Japanese game show. <laughs> Ed, <laughs> copyright that trademark right Sup- now. Super extreme DUI next on ABC. Super extreme <laughs> DUI coming this fall. I, I just can't believe that there's somebody in the NBA called P.J. Tucker. Like, I was wondering why I, th- why a super extreme DUI happened to an athlete yeah. in May, and I was just now hearing about it, and then I'm like, oh, it was P.J. Tucker. Yeah. And, like, and I don't even know who the fuck that is. I got some more jarring news. P.J. Tucker me. is a black guy. <laughs> You're saying that doesn't sound like a black guy? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I'd say yeah, Bill, one- Billy Curley sounded more black than P.J. Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> one beer was it like he's coming from the yeah. W Hotel was did they fill the pool with beer like point two oh I love that nah, I just had a beer <laughs> he caught himself on a construction fe- fence just turning around point two oh means that uh, the blood in your body is 20% alcohol <laughs> like you are fucking hammered You're, they say point four oh is death so he was halfway to being dead, and he's like, yeah, I had a beer. Well, like, what made him think he could drive? If you take out the Charles Barkley years, the, if you look at the Phoenix Suns history, they're all sort of half dead. That's true. Dan Marley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. In other news from the Grand Canyon State, Cardinals Pro Bowl pass rusher John Abraham was found passed out behind the wheel of his black Dodge Challenger recently. It took the officer several minutes to wake Abraham, whose speech was very mumbled and at times slurred. Abraham appeared confused and rambled while speaking, the officer wrote in the report. Abraham said he had two drinks and told the officers at the scene he had been waiting on someone to pick him up, but the person never arrived. He failed a series of sobriety tests, uh, like reciting the alphabet from C to X, and uh, he he finally gave up. 
All this led to him being arrested. This all seems like a guy tying one on at a strip club, except for one minor detail, Brian. This happened at 4 p.m. (laughs) What the fuck is going on in Arizona? This is a guy that likes, I tell you what, I bet you John Abraham was wearing sweatpants. (laughs) Because he's a guy, he's clearly a guy that likes to go to the strip club midday, when the B team's working, because he knows they work hard, they get a, they get a little more handsy. <laughs> they're a little more, they're a little more willing to work for okay. the tip. You wear some loose shorts, you wear <laughs> some sweatpants, and right. things could get happening. Right. <laughs> uh, and I, yeah. yeah, I bet there's a lot of C-section scars on, on the noon <laughs> on the noon crew. I mean, there's not only is there C-section scars, there's a daycare like over near the bar so mommy can (laughs) get her tips. Uh, Well, I'm glad John Abraham's – okay. Also, John Abraham still plays? Yeah. Apparently he made the Pro Bowl last year. He did? He's that guy's mad old, yeah, isn't he? He was a jet for a long time, then a falcon for a long time. Uh, Well, that's awesome. Good for John Abraham. All right. Finally, let's take it over to the Charm City. Uh, Baltimore Ravens running back and first ballot shoe in for the Ike Turner Hall of Fame. Ray Rice was given a standing ovation during Monday's practice at training camp by his adoring sycophantic fans. Uh, Brian, are the Ravens fans the worst? Seriously, guys. Ravens fans. Anybody that fucking cheer. I mean, he's wears a, he gets paid money to wear a jersey that you root for. He also assaulted a woman in public, beat her physically with his fists. Like, look yourself in the mirror. Like, stand up and take a look at yourself and ask yourself, like, what the fuck am I clapping for this well, guy for? Here's, here's it's insane to me. You can be a Ravens fan, although you're probably a douche. But uh, that's true. You can be a Ravens fan, but like, you you don't have to sig sig single Ray Rice out to. To, to like give him a standing go, like we're right. especially proud of you. But then again, you think who's the most beloved and famous Raven of them all? Oh yeah, the other Ray. Yeah. So if if you're a Ray playing for the Ravens, you're probably the worst dude on earth. Why why don't they just um, cheer for that? Uh, who's that real tall guy that's our quarterback? Uh, Joe Flacco. Flacco. Like, hey, you're real tall, buddy. <laughs> Good job being tall. Hey, good job having four good games and getting paid like a max contract. Yeah. Got a really long neck out there, man. I bet the, good. I bet the citizens of Baltimore are still bummed that the, that Ray Carruth wasn't a Raven. I think it had all the Rays. <laughs> yeah, that's just – that's really fucked up. Like, guys, seriously. Like, what are you cheering for? What are you so happy about? Yeah. Okay, let's get to some real news. Yeah. I'll read you the headline. Chinese care home worker <laughs> – Cuts off four patients' testicles after they didn't share their meatball stew with him. <laughs> a Chinese care w- worker, uh, Wang Fan, 46. He was a Wang fan. Get it? Who? <laughs> I bet he was a Wang fan. Everybody have fun who, tonight. He was described as mentally disabled. That's who you really want working in your home care facilities. <laughs> hey, well, we, like, we could pay full price or we could... Chance it and get a mentally disabled guy. Let's run down, run down to Albertsons. Tell one of the guys bagging groceries you'll give him an extra buck an hour. Bring him over. 
was given a job helping to feed and clean at the care home in northeastern China's Halongjiang province. Good for me, Brian. Although he was not paid, he was given a place to sleep and was allowed to eat the food left over after the patients had been fed. Oh, my goodness. This is a recipe for disaster. However, he was apparently furious after the patients were given a meatball casserole and ate the lot, meaning there was none left over for the hungry care worker. Furious at the treatment, (laughs) he had extracted revenge on four of the patients in his care before he was finally discovered and stopped by other staff. I feel like the first guy. Didn't the screaming tip people off? Right. Police said he tied down the men and used a razor blade to cut off their testicles in the attack at the end of last week. Victim Chi Leong, 62, said, I thought he was tying me down because I needed, uh, because of some medical procedure. But then I realized, actually something was wrong. And I yelled and screamed, but nobody came. (laughs) Holy shit. Leong and another man, age 70, both lost their testicles. They were probably weren't going to do much of them anyways. <laughs> aged, and two others aged 81 and 53 lost one testicle each. Lucky for those guys. <laughs> Police said the attack... This is the best part. Police said the attacker had been drinking. <laughs> oh, really? And added that he had reportedly planned to cook and eat the testicles, which as well as being Ooh. food, he also thought had medicinal properties. Ed. Will this give you pause next time Mrs. Daly cooks up a big pot of her homemade <laughs> pasta sauce? Well, it it brings up two things. One, why didn't the fucking guys give him some meatballs? <laughs> Seriously. Like selfish bastards. They know this guy is not working for money. He's working for food, and they're going to yes. hoard it. Like, listen, if you're bedridden and 70... You don't need many calories. <laughs> you don't. You, you don't need many calories, and you shouldn't be fucking with the help. No, definitely not. Right? And and should we be giving these guys casseroles? Like it, it seems like a very heavy meal for these old it's, bastards. It's true. They're they're bedridden. I I imagine these guys are like the grandparents in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. They're just like <laughs> laying in the laying in the bed. Yes. And and this guy is tying them down. If China is is really terrible. If yes. if you want if you want um like a knockoff watch, then by all means go to China. But if you want Absolutely. If you want uh home care, home medical care, probably you want to you want to take that some to some other country. Right. You want a nice fake Louis Vuitton wallet that looks like the real thing? Right. You go to China. China is like one big McDowell's from coming to America. It is. That's exactly right. It's everything is just a little bit off. Just a little bit. And it works for for that purpose. But yeah, I would. I, w- I remember a few years ago, Bryant Gumble went over there to <laughs> expose the uh, expose the fake golf club. Oh yeah, knockoffs that they do over there. Have you noticed that his all his hard hitting stories are based on golf? Yes, because he loves to golf. <laughs> And then he really wants to peacock because he's a good golfer. He wants to peacock his swing for you. And he was banging the fake Callaways farther than he was hitting the real ones. <laughs> like the, those knock, he basically did a commercial for the knocked off golf clubs in Jang Lang province <laughs> over there. Uh, here's the other thing. China, like 
everything you do, like there's no more tigers left because the Chinese think that eating their paws gives them a heart on. Oh, uh, they, they're really repressed. The shark fin soup. Now they're eating each other's balls. Like just guys, we figured out what gives you a heart on and it, there's a pill for it now. Like stop killing endangered species stop eating panda eyeball because it'll think thinks you think it'll make your dick bigger just relax on all that okay it's getting to be a problem and does does this guy not understand what meatballs are no i don't think he does <laughs> she, well, like then again he's r- mentally ill wrong kind of meatballs uh okay ed here's another one that was such a downer yeah. let's, let's bring you back up with a positive story bring it back Surgeons discover 10-year-old sex toy inside woman's vagina. Whoa. A 38-year-old Scottish woman who complained to doctors about weight loss, incontinence, and lethargy had a sex toy inside her vagina that had been in place for 10 years. Surgeon, surgeons at the Aberdeen Royal Infirmary removed the 5-inch toy. It's a good size. Reporting that it had caused the woman near life-threatening damage. She had a condition called vesicovaginal fistula. Fistula? It doesn't sound like something you want. You don't want anything called fistula in your vagina. A passage that allows urine to flow into the vagina. As well as an obstructive uropathy which causes urine to be backed up. In the kidneys. The woman said she used the toy one drunken night uh-huh, with her partner a decade ago and that she couldn't remember whether she had removed it. <laughs> Ed, I need an over-under. The over-under is 235 pounds. What are you taking on this princess's weight? I don't know how well, much stone that is. Yeah, in Scotland, that's stone. I think... Stone is 14 pounds, I believe. So I'm going to say she's somewhere between 50 and 60 stone. Yeah, she's a lot of stone. She's all the stone. You, this, isn't nope. something, this isn't something that just goes missing. No. Like, and if you can't remember, if you can't remember, if, if, if yeah. you what used happened? a toy. Hey, where did I leave that? Yeah. Okay. You start looking, and then you probably feel something. You'd think. Also, Ed, <clears throat> kid, I like. I don't mean to be crass here, because this is a serious topic. Obviously, right. this is this is actually news. This is let's talk odors. Like <laughs> that thing is in there for ten years. Yeah. Like she is not that. She is not the picture of health in the vaginal area. Her urine is backing up into her vagina. Like, ten no years, one went a decade. No one went down there to investigate in ten years and was like, "Whoa, yeah. <laughs> you, Mary, you got a problem? Down. You need to get over to the Royal Aberdeen Infirmary and get this sorted out." <laughs> because, like, I feel like the neighbors would be like, "Oh, you smell that? Like, what the fuck is that?" Right. Like, it only I, takes it only takes neighbors like a couple days to discover a dead body. Yes. So. Yes, yeah, that woman just going shopping. It's it's much like my guy Snake Hoarder who had three hundred or so dead snakes and even more dead rats in his house. 
they go they they find the guy out and they go to the neighbors and they're like, Oh yeah, this guy's fucking house reeked. Like, ah, oh, in the summertime when it got hot, couldn't even couldn't even be in the neighborhood. It stunk so bad coming out of this guy's house. Like, hey, what what took you so long? Like, how about you make a call on that? Odors. Call in and odor people. Vaginal or otherwise. Alright. Uh all right, Ed. It's time. Let's, you ready to let's do, this? do this? How fucking old is this guy? You or me? You go first. Okay. This guy was real fucking old in 1986 when he played Molly Ringwald's dad oh. in Pretty in Pink. He smokes a lot of cigarette cigarettes. He's a little bit creepy, which kind of makes him a good actor. Uh, Roger Ebert once said that... Anything with this guy in it couldn't be all bad because he's so good. Apparently, he never – he died before he had to watch HBO's Big Love. Uh, of course, I'm talking about famed – he's been in everything forever. Character actor, Harry Dean Stanton. Ed, wow. how fucking old is Harry Dean Stanton? Is, is Harry Dean Stanton still alive? He's still alive. That is impressive because I can't picture him without without a couple heaters hanging out of his mouth. He likes to smoke. Um, Red Dawn, mid-80s probably. Yes. Yep. I'll say 84. Yep. I'll say it was an even 30 years ago. Yep. He was very weathered. You know, he was in Cool Hand Luke, I believe. He was one of those, he was. He was one of those guys floating in the background. Yep. That's about 67. But all right, let's just go Red Dawn. I mean, he looked old and cool hand Luke, but Red Dawn, he was probably. He looked like an old dad. He had a high school kid, but he looked like one of those guys that was probably. I won't say 70. I'll say he was 68 30 years ago. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Heavy smoker like that. He's 98 today. (laughs) 98. Very close, Ed. Harry Dean Stanton is only 88 years old. 1986, he played Molly Ringwald's dad at the ripe old age of 60 years old with a high school daughter, with a 16-year-old daughter. Very, very strange casting there. Uh, He was 60 years old at the time. 60? Harry Dean Stanton, a, a spry... 80 years old and probably smoking a cigarette and drinking a black velvet as we speak. There's no doubt he's got a heater hanging out of his mouth right now. Oh, for sure. For sure. All right. I'm going to go with a a hit maker from our childhood. Yes. Guy has been around forever. As a matter of fact, in 1968, he became a singer and the saxophonist, which if somebody's a saxophonist, that just means they're really old. Because that instrument, <laughs> no. that instrument is only played by homeless men these days. <laughs> Buskers. Yeah. 1968 became the saxophonist in the Commodores. So, tell me, how old is Mr. Lionel Richie? Ah, uh, one of my favorites. This is really tough. Um, I've actually seen Lionel Richie recently because uh, his daughter, Nicole, has a reality show that someone who lives in my house forces me to watch on the regs. I didn't realize she was still in the public eye. Oh, yeah. She's killing it. Um, (sighs) Lionel Richie, very, very tough because 
and we've gotten into this before, Black Don't Crack, Lionel Richie's very smooth. He's got a very shoe-polished head of hair. Um, You know, he could be really any age, but he's been around for a long time. 68. 68 he was in the Commodores. That's, you know, three three ladies, easy like a Sunday morning. He's what... I mean, he's awesome. He's a fucking hit maker. The guy gets it done. Also, on the show he's on, he has like a 15-year-old daughter. He's on a show? Which is a, he's, on, he's on the Nicole Richie show that my oh, girlfriend makes me watch. That's right. Uh, um, but I got to say, I mean, if you're doing stuff in the 60s, like Mick Jaggers was around in the 60s. He's in the 70s. Paul McCartney's in the 70s. Lionel Richie is their contemporary. I would put Lionel Richie at roughly 75 years old. You are – well, there's no way to put it. You're, you're off by a decade. He is 65. Whoa. Whoa, Lionel, looking good. He's not that old. Yeah. yeah apparently that guy he, can go all night long. He's been <laughs> – He's been living a double life. You know, when he when he recorded Dancing on the Ceiling, that was probably 30 years ago. He was he was younger than us. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy to think. Well, good for Lionel. He's looking good. Yeah. He's got a lot of hits. He's a real hit maker and happy to see that he's I, not that old. Last last summer I was in uh, I was in London and he was promoting a show. He was he was performing a big Big show, like maybe the Olympic Arena or something, and they're making a big deal of it. And he was being interviewed on the radio by one of like the morning radio hosts was Baby Spice from the Spice Girls. Shut the fuck yeah. up! This isn't. This didn't really happen. Yeah, I was in a bakery, just just picking up, you know, just bakery shit. Baked baked goods. Baked goods. Like I was picking up like yeah. a croissant or some bullshit in the yeah. morning, and I am hearing this radio show, and she she goes. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Baby Spice? And he goes, uh, I, I'm sorry, I you know I I'm just you know I'm not not from here. I've never heard of Baby Spice. And she goes, That's me. And she was all upset. <laughs> she got all hurt. Yeah, he goes, I've never heard of Baby Spice. Well, no one's heard of Baby Spice. Yeah, that was the best. I, I loved him yeah. even more when he did that. Okay, um, Ed, it's time. Let's we. The Bachelorette closed out last night. A lot of stuff popped off. I know you you were watching closely to see what would happen, uh, but there's also tons and tons of other very very interesting c- celebrity gossip for us to be informed about. And of course, we always do that in the segment we call Fancy Pop with our very own pop culture correspondent. Fancy Sauce. Joining us now, as always, it's time for Fancy Pop with Fancy Sauce. How you doing, Fancy? Hey, Fancy. Hey, I'm good, guys. How's it going? Hey, everything's going good on our end, Kato. Good. Tell us, what is going on? What is happening in the uh, world of celebrity pop culture? As always, there's lots going on. Um, top story today... Um, more about the decline of the marriage of America's music royalty, Jay-Z and Beyonce. Mm. According to a story in the New York, uh, that the New York Post ran, Bay is secretly shopping for a new apartment to live in minus Jay. The $21.5 million, 4,000 square foot penthouse on West 19th Street in Chelsea, which is less than half the size of the apartment they currently live in in Tribeca, was what she was looking at. 
Um, and I doubt they're trying to resize. I'm sorry to downsize. So it's obviously just for her. She, I'm sorry. Uh, she's she. They're currently living in Tribeca, and she's looking at West Nineteenth. Yeah. She just looked at a penthouse yeah. in West 19th. I mean, Tri- Tribeca is high roller territory. Baller. Ed, yeah. I don't, I mean, I know shit's expensive in Manhattan, well, but $21 million okay, so for 4,000 square right, feet. Ed, oh. she's looking at a penthouse in Chelsea, which is 4,000 square feet. They currently live in a penthouse in Tribeca, which is over 8,000 square feet. So how much would about would that be? <laughs> I, have I mean, to. triple? I, uh. I would say at least triple. Wow. So $60 million. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy that's, for an, an apartment. That is yeah. staggering territory. 8,000 square feet in Manhattan and in that neighborhood. I'm, I find Tribeca to be nice, but it's pretty much rich women pushing strollers around. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not like it doesn't have, not, New York doesn't have the grittiness of, there's no up, cool up, factor. Up the eighties. It's not. It's not mm. like and and the grittiest grittiness of the eighties was also like terribly dangerous. But like Tribeca is just kind of a neutered society, right? But but at the same time, it is like high roller territory. I don't know about Chelsea. That that's kind of a. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I would. I would guess that you know, if she moves in there, all of a sudden it becomes a big deal. But Chelsea is just just kind of a. An area. There's not a ton going on there. Right. Well, it is kind of suspect that she's looking at apartments on her own. And what's with the, the New York Post? They they really are like on top of this, right? Aren't they? The yeah, one, they are. They're the one. They had a, they had, someone someone there knows someone has a source. Clearly, that that's why. Page six gets stories, but they get stories. But like they are hell bent on this divorce. Like they want yeah. it badly, and it's they I really mean, want of it course badly. they're going to divorce. Only Paul Newman stayed married. Like there's no celebrity couples. Of course. That, like they all break up. They're they're already, they're they're already reporting that Kanye and Kim are fighting all the time. Oh, that's, oh, a, that's a made up relationship. I mean, right. I'm supposed to sleep tonight. I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. If if those two lovebirds can't make it, who can? But they are reporting that Ellen and Portia are about to adopt a child. That's or a baby. I got to tell you, the so they best, patch the best stra- strategy of a relationship on the rocks is to add kids. That really Absolutely. Sure. that like add lowers the, the stress level. <laughs> totally. That, that gives you a lot of you time. It's really yeah. really calms things down. You can really concentrate and focus on each other. Any yeah. of our more, listeners more out sex. there, if you're consider- more sex, more sleep. Right. Any of our <laughs> listeners out there, if you're considering a divorce, please add kids to the mix. It's perfect. <laughs> Great idea. All right. Well, let's. Okay. We'll keep an eye on Jay Z and Jay and Bay. Yeah, I feel like this story is not going to go away, so I'll keep you guys posted. Totally. Second story. Uh, the headline reads: Kid Rock summoned to produce glass dildo in insane clown posse lawsuit. A couple of things. A couple of things. First of all. Okay, why are they calling themselves a posse if there's only two members? That's a good question. Violent J, who if you follow me on Twitter, I think looks exactly like John Goodman in clown makeup, and Shaggy Too Dope. They should really be called Insane Clown Couple. Or, yeah, Insane Clown Duo. That story story sounds like like a Mad Libs. (laughs) So Insane Clown Posse's psychopathic records has been sued by a former employee for sexual harassment and wrongful termination, and Kid Rock has been dragged into it because he allegedly now owns a key piece of evidence in the case, a glass dildo. What? What? 
Uh, I mean, what, how does he? What, how does he own? Okay, Gizzard. From the story, um, the woman who is suing Psychopathic Records, Andrea Pellegrini, worked as a publicist for the label for three years, which apparently drove her crazy. Her legal complaints against the group include claims of sexual harassment and wrongful termination after she reported the offenses to her superiors. Um, it turns out the dildo will serve as evidence that Pellegrino's colleagues made inappropriate sexual advances. Um, according to court documents, uh, psychopathic record employee Dirty Dan, there's a, there's a nice name, Dirty Dan Diamond, offered Pellegrini the sex toy after he saw that she had changed her relationship status on Facebook Uh-oh. to single. Uh-oh. When she declined the gift... Dirty Dan, pass it along to Kid Rock. <laughs> hey, Kid Rock, you need this glass dildo? Diane's not using it anymore. <laughs> you know, Country star has What's the two- provenance of this dildo? Has it been in this, a dishwasher? This seems like the type of arguments you would see at wood shop in high school. Like, just the, the dregs of society. <laughs> I mean, so where is the dildo now? It's been subpoenaed. I mean, does he still have it? Subpoenaed. Yeah. <laughs> Good one, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Wow. When, I mean, Kid Rock needs to show up with the dildo like stat. I think yeah, when he shows up in court, weeks. when he shows up in court, they should charge him for doing that karaoke Sweet Home Alabama song. <laughs> Like, just be like, oh, by the way, you're going to serve five to ten for that garbage. <laughs> uh, is that the one where he, like, mashed it up? It's yeah, like Sweet just, Home Alabama took, and Werewolves of London. He tur- Yeah, that's right. It was Werewolves of London, too. Like, he just turned on the karaoke machine and recorded a song and, like, got paid for it. That was what? astonishing. Also, why is he still around? I, I, I don't know, but... Like, who's still buying Kid Rock records? <laughs> Like, this guy was around in, like, early 90s, the last time and he's I, still here? Last time I, I went to the movies, I feel like Kid Rock was doing, you know, they, they now have the commercials before. It's not just yeah. previous. Yeah. And I feel like he was doing some sort of Chevy or Dodge. It's not a thing anymore, though. Like, when was the last time he had a record? I have no I idea. I think, well, he's singing on a Chevy commercial now, and I can't tell if it's him or a sound-alike, and I don't know which would be worse. <laughs> That's they're, that's they're both equally sad. But you know what's really sad is you know that sound alike, like he had hopes and dreams, and somebody's like, "Can you just do us a favor and just sound like Kid Rock for a Chevy commercial?" Oh. Dude, you know you sound a lot like Kid Rock. Has anybody <laughs> ever told you that? Only mean? thing worse would be like, "Hey, like, you look a lot like Kid Rock." Yeah, you look a lot like uh, Louis Anderson. Like that's just a <laughs> bummer. <laughs> All right. Well, keep us keep us updated on what's happening with Kid Rock's dildo, Kate. I will. You know, any chance I get to talk about ICP or Juggalos? Oh I'm yeah, Juggalos, Juggalettes, all the juggling I'm yeah, into. They're my favorite people. The insane clown couple. Okay, um, moving on. Apparently, Freddie Prince Jr., who you literally never hear about, um, is not a fan. Apparently, of that wee little drunk Kiefer Sutherland, calling him the quote most unprofessional dude in the world in an interview with ABC News. Um, I'll read from the story. Um, he said, I did 24. It was terrible. I hated every moment of it. Um, <laughs> he told ABC News, Kiefer Sutherland was the most unprofessional dude in the world. That's not me talking trash. I'd say it to his face. I think everyone that's worked with him has said that. 
I just wanted to quit the business after that. So I just sort of stopped. So then he went on and, and worked somewhere else. And he said, but at least, you know, the guy that I was working for next was cool and tall. I didn't have to take my shoes off to do scenes with him, which they made me do. Just put the guy on an apple box or don't hire me next time. You know, I'm six feet and he's five, five, four. Oh, what a wow. burn. So fucked up. This combines two of my favorite stories. <laughs> Small celebrities and oh, fashion Keeper Sutherland. I think Keeper <laughs> Sutherland is pretty much the worst. That show that people loved. I watched, I think I watched a season of it. It was just him whispering and then saying he needs to get something done. And then, right. And then, if you don't talk, I will strangle you. And then I'll whisper again. That was, it was just that for fucking eight seasons. And, like, if you're over flipping channels and you turn around and be like, all right, listen, if he doesn't, I will kill you. Whisper, scream, whisper, scream. How intimidating is an FBI agent if he's five feet four? Right, Right, but they shoot him like he's real tall. They make Freddie take his shoes off. Right. Also, what's an apple box? Before we say that. Stand on an apple box. Apple box is cardboard. Right. Well, the apple box, I think in no, the but it was days, probably the old, made of wood. That's the thing. I think he's talking about like Grapes of Wrath Days apple box. <laughs> like, yeah, he is. Like, like <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland wanted to conjure up the uh, Dust Bowl era. <laughs> well, I have to, I, I have not, I, I'll be honest, I've never thought of Freddie Prince Jr. once in my life. I'm, I'm a fan <laughs> of that behavior, though. I like calling him out. And then he's, yes. he's so small that he say, I say it to his face. That means he's not even remotely threatened by him. No, he's not. And he's, and and he's it, pissed off enough to talk smack about him in public, which you never really hear. Yeah. You never really hear other actors going at it. No, definitely not. And if he says he's 5'4", that means he's probably like 5'2 or 3". And it's, Well, he's probably 5'6", and he's saying he's 5'4". Could be, could be. He's, he's like Tom Cruise height. Right. Yeah, he... It, it's, it's good... It's also good to just call out people... Who are shitheads. Yeah, who are, who are douchebags. Yeah, yeah right? I totally like, agree. Because I bet he's been this guy for his entire career. Totally. And then one guy calls him out on it. And, like, I like that. You know, it's Freddie Prince Jr., again, I, I also have not really thought about him, but good for him. Like, fucking yeah. call him on it. Fuck that. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, totally agree. Okay, Go what Freddie. else is going on? Um, my last story of the day, a judge has ruled that John Travolta's former pilot, uh. who is allegedly piloting more than just his plane, can now speak freely about his relationship with Travolta. Douglas Gaturbo was the man who was caught in that sexy lip lock with Travolta on the stairs of his plane. I've seen the pic. I've seen the pic. Mm-hmm. You remember the pic. Also, uh, also pick. John's not wearing his piece at the time. Right. He's all, he's all bald in the front. Um, so, so the judges, uh, remove the gag order and, um, cause this guy wants to tell the story of his life and those I, involved in it. I get, I get the feeling the gag order was meant something different in John. Right. John, John, John had, John had instituted his own gag order while he was employed. Right. I'd be a little scared if I was that guy though. Cause Travolta is a scary Scientologist. Right. They disappear people. Right. They send them to gold base. Especially if you try to talk about the gayness of one of their members. Right. They're That's anti-gay. Not it's not allowed. They're Maybe anti-gay, gay. but their two most famous members are allegedly. <laughs> are gay as Easter bonnets. 
cl- closetly <laughs> closeted homosexuals. Right. That's been alleged, not by us on the yeah. show. Just, we don't know. Just we have just, no idea. Just guessing that they're like French horns. Those two. I mean, mm-hmm. people have said that. No one on this show said it. We, we wouldn't say that. Why would we say it? We don't know that. No. We don't know no. anything about that. I've never said that Elron Hubbard either liked boys. Don't. What, now I said he used to park his yacht off the coast and have parties with lots of twinks. I've never said. I that. don't know anything about anything that L. Ron Hubbard did, and I also don't want my address being revealed to any Scientologists because <laughs> they're scary. Yeah, I, I want anyone who wants a visual aid. Um, my my buddy, I'm gonna do a little plug. My buddy Tom wrote a book called Celebrity Vinyl, and it's all about celebrities that release their own albums. <laughs> and and it's really good. And there's a, an album that Travolta, probably in the Boy in the Plastic Bubble era, and yeah. he had an album, and he's just wearing, like, the plain turtleneck. And oh, the, nice. the caption underneath Sweet. was, this isn't helping the gay rumors. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's, well, a, it's great. Well, his boyfriend, his ex-boyfriend, Doug... Has got a story to tell. I can't wait and to he's hear gonna it. Tell it. That's a book I'd read. We're all gonna know. Yeah, I can't wait. All about their His secret double life, secret relationship. Yeah, that is awesome. All right, that's it for my fancy. That's it. Week. We're uh, Ed. This is you're signing off. You're yeah. you're go, going across the pond for tea and crumpets. Well, I'm on a, chasing on a steamer. I'm, I'm chasing a lead from uh, Fancy. Uh, she said Lindsay Lohan's living there. So yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna do. You I'm gonna to be our. Her, I'm gonna Ed. be on-site reporter for that. You need to find her. Just, just get, head over there. Seems like I would frequent the same place as she would. Yeah. Just sprinkle a little trail of cocaine <laughs> down it's like Hansel, uh, from, your, Hansel and from your cocaine stash. Yeah. Bring, bring <laughs> a big bag instead of cocaine. gingerbread. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna put a little yayo. Yeah. Leading to the pub I'm at. This is the best part about London. Is that. They use the word cock in almost everything. Yeah. Cock and bull. Cock and bull. It's a great yeah. pub. Yeah. So I am living on a street called Laycock Street. Oh, nice. Oh, fitting. And on the corner is a place called the Famous Cock. Oh, so many Instagrams. An uh, Instagram yeah. montage of everything that you see the word cock in. Nice. If any, anyone who followed me on Instagram last year will know yes. that I... I am very fond of posting cock pictures. Well, take take a picture of some cocks, Ed, and uh, we'll 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 check in with you while you're there, while you're across the pond. Yeah, absolutely, cool. we'll we'll check in. And we'll we'll, we'll await your return because the show is not the show without Ed Daly. That's for sure. No. Uh, but all right, kids. But Bachelorette people, stay tuned. We're going to come back and do. We're going to have a Bachelorette chat with special guest Jason Stewart. Uh, until then, Ed. We'll talk to you when we when we talk to you. Hopefully next week. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Sounds good, buddy. All right, kids. See you okay, later. Ed, see you later. All right, bye-bye. bye bye. Stay tuned for Jason Stewart and the Bachelorette Report. Alright, welcome back. Episode 33, Baller Lifestyle Podcast from theballerlifestyle.com. Once again, your host, Brian Beckner, joined now by Fancy Sauce, hey. Bachelorette Expert, and special guest. You've heard him here many times before, 
Um, Pacific Rim gets brought up often. Barbed wire. He's had a great many interesting episodes on the show, and we're happy to have him here tonight. Jason Stewart, Mr. Automatic. How you doing, Jason? You know, I'm doing really good, and I'm I'm still kind of on a euphoric high, uh, less than 24 hours since the finale. Still trying to sort out my thoughts a little bit. And your um, feelings. I'm well, hoping you guys could be therapeutic here as I try to work out my my thoughts. Okay, let let's get right to it let's then. Let's talk through your feelings. Last night was the so, final episode of the of the Bachelorette the and people people come to us because they want our thoughts on what was what went on and uh as always we predicted it right. We had Josh the winner long long ago. Um and and that's how it went down, but that wasn't the interesting part of what happened last night. Kate, take us through what happened on the Bachelorette finale. Okay. Um, firstly, I didn't seek out or see any spo- spoilers at all this season. I don't follow Reality Steve on Twitter during the season, and I certainly don't go to his website. I think it defeats the whole purpose of watching this painfully long scripted reality show slash game show. Absolutely. Who, I mean, it's an organic, natural love story. Why of, would anyone part want... Part of it is picking who you think is going to win. Nobody wants to lift the veil on, on what is... a pure, honest way to find true love. And, like, and, and think about it. I mean, the the, the whole spoiler uh, generation, I mean, I didn't grow up wanting to know the end of shows. It's like no. this, it's like this internet, in, in, you know, information immediately generation. It's, we're that, the frankly, instant, the, instant the, gratification the, generation. The MTV we generation. Wait for anything. That's true. Well, we all did wait. None of us knew what was going to happen. Kate, take us through it. Um, but, you know, as Brian just said, you know, we, or more specifically, I did predict that <laughs> Josh was going to win. I'll let you have this one. Not Nick. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of the Grantland podcast, Right Reasons, and I love Juliet and Jacoby, but guys, come on. Like, they thought she was going to pick Nick over Josh. No Jason Jason also had, had his money on Nick. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I was actually way behind you guys. I I have to give this one to Kate. I, I'm a girl though, I, and I can tell when a girl is faking it. Yeah. She was yeah. faking it with Nick. But but I was actually, and and this is how far behind I am, and maybe this t- speaks to my perceptiveness. But I kind of had Marcos. You go back about a month, and I'm like, that guy. You mean I Marcus? Goodness, or well, whatever his name is. Oh. Well, I just said Jacoby when I met Jacoby. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, the guy that the guy that's twenty five and receding hairline, severely losing his hair, and looks like he's going to cry at the drop to, of a penny. Likes to dance naked at nightclubs yeah. in the daytime. He's, yeah, he was actually, she was kind of into him early on, or she she made it seem like she was she into him. He was hot, which is also right. He's great. well, he he was he was definitely in shape. So take us through okay. what happened on the episode last okay, night. Okay, so last night's finale of The Bachelorette wasn't unusual in any way. There were, as usual, the two supposed front runners, like there always are, and she picked one, um, who we all now know was ex baseball player turned professional brother turned reality show contestant Josh Murray. I think the signs were there all along. Um, you know, there were the usual plot points in this very tired format the introduction of the guys to the parents, where again we got to uh. witness how immature. Man, child, Nick really is. He makes me uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, that was Jason. The, what do you think? The 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 date with Nick and her family. He was very intimidated by her family. He was very nervous. That was uncomfortable. No, 
I, you know, I, the only thing that was more nervous or awkward than he was was how how uncomfortable I was with how tight his shorts and shirt were. I, you shouldn't. You, you really. Is that the new style? Because if that's the new style, I, I want nothing to do with those shorts. <laughs> Clothes have definitely gotten tighter. Yeah, he rocked him a little short. He also, on their one-on-one date, he rocked sort of a monochromatic thing, oh, which both, he needs some style advice for sure. That blue outfit was bad. Absolutely. And so then, was and, Josh's outfit. He had a tank top, which is a big no-no outside the gym, in my opinion. He's a fit guy, though. I was going to say, if I have those guns and that skin and those gorgeous teeth, I don't know if I'm ever wearing a shirt, you know, let alone a tank top. He, do- he does look good. He's very fit. He's gorgeous, as you like to call men often, Jason. Um, he has nice hair. Let's be honest. He lives in Atlanta. They live five minutes away from each other. She constantly was saying, you're the kind of guy I've dated before. Like, this was, this was happening. She's yeah. attracted to him. Absolutely. He uh, does it for her. And Nick, not to – I'm sure we'll get into this more, but let's be honest. Nick was a bitch. He was very much the female in the relationship. He was saying a lot of weird things like I don't – like Andy I assume is Jewish. Um, he said a lot of like, well, if we – you know, we have kids. Like religion's not a big deal and we can live anywhere you want to live. And he was really, really – uh, he was acting like a bitch, and that is not a way to attract a woman. My favorite. Jason and I, as ladies' men, we know this. <laughs> My favorite was when he was describing what life would be like post the show, and he was like, she was oh, like, what right. would a typical day be like? And he'd be like, oh, we'd go to work, and then we'd come home, and we'd hit the gym together, and maybe go to Kmart, and then just come home and chill. I was like... Oh. I- Someone shoot me in the face now. I don't recall. I don't recall a Kmart trip being involved, but that Maybe makes I it a lot better. But he was but, like, but Brian, I mean, yeah. you guys, you two are, you two are very close, engaged. In fact, and I don't know if that's that's information your listeners want to know. But um, the 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 whole BS meter for me, the red flag was when he said. Um, well, a typical day is that I'm going to drive to work, and before I get to work, I will have sent her text messages telling her how much I love her right. five times. And no one does that, and if he does do that, then he's creeper status because that's just that's just not realistic. Big time. He was also talking about how he'd make her breakfast every day and just really, really just, coming off like a sociopath, imitating a that, human being. And talking with that weird lift. Yeah, There's he a weird he, list that a guy just it was bugging me so much towards the end. He's an odd guy. So their date. Anyway, there was some one-on-one dates, um, as you know, questionable outfits that we talked about. Um, so they filmed these last moments of intimacy between Andy and each of the guys, which I found also really cringeful to watch. Yeah, and particularly her and Josh on the boat. On the boat, it wasn't good weather. Um, I, it was just. They went off. They're like, we're we're gonna go off for a snorkel, and you could see like snorkeling next to him a cameraman. <laughs> like it was not was not the best produced date I've seen on the show. I yeah. think the most the most organic thing was definitely was the when they tandem jumped into the into the water. That, that wasn't Holding stuff. hands. <laughs> yeah, not at all. They didn't do that multiple times to get the right angles either. Yeah. Um, so then there's the inevitable dumping of one guy, in this case, Nick. And, you know, he seemed to take it pretty well. He didn't have much to say. I think he was completely in shock and could not process what was happening. Well, like all, all. 
fragile little girls. She went and she took his feelings in to account and she went there and I know she, you don't believe this but there are a lot of guys that are like that apparently yes so she went and let him off easy and he did not take it well he was in shock Jason as he's picking out the ring the engagement ring I can they literally just set up the table and he's about to pick out the ring uh, he was he waiting knocked. for heavily facelifted Neil Lane to rock up. Right. Hard, with his briefcase the, to the rock. The only harder substance than a diamond on the planet, Neil Lane's face. Continue, right. Jason. Well, and so as he's about to pick up the engagement ring, he gets a knock on the door. And, you know, the show uh, dramatizes it by stopping the video, going to the live mm-hmm. audience, and everybody's losing their, their breath. And I think that. What's going to happen? Mean, you know, I, I think the thing that, that I wanted to bring up to you two, and maybe we'll throw it, throw it out to the listening audience as well, and they could tweet about it at Jason Stewart. Um, they, I, don't, I don't understand how they allowed Andy to preempt the whole concept of the show. So many times, like repeatedly, she was able to go to these guys before the rose ceremony and let them off easy. It's like, that's just not the format of the show. I mean, and especially for a finale that, you know, they, I'm sure they had to. They charged major ad dollars, and there was so much hype. I just don't understand how. Do you they think, really think it affected it though? The show. I mean, I kind of feel Maybe like not. the format gets really tired, and I feel like they're trying to find new ways to kind of mix it up a little bit. Yeah, I'm. I'm sort of with Fancy on that one. That I feel like they that was almost even more produced that they let her, you know, very um, spontaneously say, oh, you know what, I'm going to kick off up- three guys this week. Right. Because if they really were going to let her take control, after the first night at the mansion, there'd only be two or three guys left. Right. And I, I first, there's some, maybe, maybe it's just the old school guy in me. I'm just a traditionalist. I mean, I go so far back with the show. Absolutely. Maybe I just need to see, I still need to see format, but, but, um, I did find it to be compelling TV. I mean, that, that whole scene was so hard to watch and you could see the wheels in his head as he dumped her. Like how many jabs could I get in before she leaves? Because this might be the last time I see her. And he really tried. I give him credit for that. He got in a couple pretty good jabs and then really saved the knockout blow for the after the okay, rose. Okay, don't, 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 go, don't give that that's away. Ab- yeah. That's absolutely true. But okay. you, could see, you could see the, the roots, the, the base-level sociopath that Nick was, and yeah. it was shown right there in that moment. I mean, the reason that Nick was so hated by all the other guys throughout the season is because he was accused of playing the game too hard and too well and always being strategic Whoa, and thinking hold about on, the hold next on, step. Hold on, Kate. Are you saying that he wasn't there for the right reasons? I'm saying that he was fully aware that it was a game show and that there was one winner and that he his personality never allowed him for one moment right. to think that he was the one that was going to get played that right. he could lose. He was right. that his he was that overconfident that it never crossed that's his mind. That's because his That was why it was so this has been so hard for that's him. That's because take. his mom and his 14 older sisters have told him he's special for his whole life. Right, probably. Yeah. That that's the problem. Okay, anyway, continue. So Josh had a very different day. Um, you know, he got to meet up with Neil Lane and pick out a really daggy ring, you know, the kind, you know, that rich people with no taste like, and 
you know, like it was all, it was, he was all in, like he was nervous, but you know, he got to propose and she accepted and all of America got to watch, um, Andy finally profess her love to Josh cause she's not allowed to say, I love you to anyone until the very end, until the guy she picks. That's right. She was very, she was very much a dude. She got all a bunch of guys saying I love you to her and she sort of played them all and we can we can get more into this in a minute, but there is really really a a, a double standard at work here, especially in terms of the fantasy suite situation. Continue, Kate. Mm-hmm. Um so we watched them, you know, get engaged. The whole thing makes my skin crawl. But I will admit these two people don't seem to be faking it for the cameras. I mean, what? They, wh- they, either, they either really feel it or they really fool themselves no, into what, thinking they really feel it. What is awkward about proposing on television to someone that you've been in the company of for about 10 hours? And that you've slept with, you yeah. know, one night. Yeah, and that you've banged once you could, you could get it in. the night after. I do agree, She's though. the other contestant. I do agree in that I, I think they are two extremely shallow people that were not faking it. I think yeah. she made the shallow choice. He's a shallow guy. Yeah. They're kind of two peas in a pod here. Right. And, but I don't I do, think he's shallow as much as I think he's simple. Well, they're two people that would agree yeah. to appear on The Bachelor. This is yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she, she appeared twice. Okay, let's but, get yeah. to the best part, though. But, but can Hold I, on, like, let oh, Jason sorry. make his point. Yeah. Can I rehash a little bit on the the proposal and you know mm-hmm. the, the way that the show's set up is that they usually have the contestant spill their heart to the uh subject and then the subject either lets them down or accepts you know or tells yes. them that they also love them so last night as a, you know josh was like true to form i mean and i've been saying this all season and i did it again oh last yeah he's he's your typical baseball player and that that entire time that he's telling her how much he loved her, it was he slammed as many cliches mm-hmm. into that answer as he possibly could. Yeah. And like every ball player does, if you watch any post game around the major leagues right now, every major league baseball player, with the exception of few, is just like racing to get to the end of the answer. Like it's just you know we played a pretty good game and I you know. But I, what is that? Like, Why do they do that? It's, I, weird. it's because they're not very smart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just they just rely on. He does like to get in like twenty five hundred words a minute. Yeah, but you have to. I mean, as a woman, Kate, were were you at all touched by his words? They just seem to be rammed in and. and, and, and (laughs) Now I can't even remember what he said. To be honest. I don't think anybody it wasn't did. anything. It wasn't anything memorable. I think it wasn't as cringeful as um, Nick's uh, story from the last episode. Nick's that, that little book tale. that was so book. weird. Um, but but Josh had like written. You know, he got out his crayon and like mashed some words onto a piece of paper, and that was that was a bit. And then he read it to her, and that was a bit odd. I didn't. I, I. I'll be honest. I covered my face at that point. Okay, continue, Kate. Um, the best part though came during the after the rose post show, um, where we saw that we. Well, Chris Harrison informed us that Nick has been basically trying to stalk Andy since she yeah. dumped him on the show. He tried to follow her to Mexico. How do you know she was in Mexico? He found out that she was going to Mexico on vacation and called up Chris Harrison and wanted to go there and talk to her. I don't think he actually went there, though. I think that he just wanted to. 
He also showed up at the after, um, sorry, the mental all and wanted to see her. And apparently that letter that was mysteriously delivered by Harrison to Andy last week was a letter from Nick. Um, so finally he's in studio and he's allowed, AKA he and Andy were contractually bound to sit down in front of the studio audience, millions of viewers. Um, so he could ask her what the fuck happened. This was my, the best part of the whole thing. Yes, oh. absolutely. Um, it was like he didn't realize the whole time that he could, like I said, that he could be the one that could lose because he was so overconfident. No, so because he's a sociopath. He's been trying to process this and mm-hmm. he thinks it's heartbreak, but it's just, I think it's just rejection yes. and his ego yes. and his kind of sociopathic like personality that is really struggling with that he didn't win. He's not the winner. Yeah, his sister moms have told him that he's special his whole life and it, now he ju- he's only just now realized that he isn't. And something really humiliating about being the one who was strung along for the sake of TV. Right. She really did a good job. She did a bang up job. She's a good actress. I've said it before and I'll say it again and I'll say it till the end. This is the genius of The Bachelor. The the only people that don't know that they are contestants on a game show are the contestants right. on the game Has show. He never watched the show before. Right. You lo- dude, you lost on the prices right, guy. Like get take your home version right. and your rice aroni. And you're bubblicious and bounce. Like, that's what happens. You lost on a game show. I wish someone, when they got dumped, would just sit there and go like, ah, fuck, I really, damn it, you got me. You got me really good. Bummer. I thought I was going to win. Meanwhile, like, the the third and fourth place guys get it. They're going home to their hometown. They're going out to the club. They're... laying it with their newfound bachelor fame. And Nick still crying that he lost and trying to slut shame Andy Dorfman. That was fucked up. And Continue. to kind of to oh, yeah. kind of set that up, it was like he he had what several months. I don't know when they stopped I mean, filming. It's been a yes, while. it's been a couple Since months. May or something. Yeah. To think about what to say. He knew exactly the situation he was going to be put in. And if you watch last night, if you watch it back, he's like him and Han and trying to choose his words, and he's not quite sure what he wants to say. And I, I think he did. That- Genuinely yep. got ner- more nervous yep. than he thought he would as yep. well, sitting in studio. Yeah. And also, Andy, she's pretty. You know, she can string a sentence together. She's a lawyer. She can. Yeah. She can. She can talk. And but he wasn't getting what he wanted from her. Finish your thought, there Jason. Was no remorse. Not at all. And and I think that's that kind of fed into it, and in that he knew that if he was going to say something, that she was going to be there right away to uh, to defend herself, and that's kind of intimidating, but. I do think that he eventually got to maybe the biggest like bombshell in the history of the show. And I, I confirmed it with the aforementioned reality, Steve, that this is the first time this has ever been acknowledged on camera live. And, and what did he say, Kate? He said, quote, knowing how in love with you I was, if you weren't in love with me, I'm just not sure why, why you made love with me. Okay. And one thing, this is the biggest thing to come out of last night's Bachelorette viewing was that someone used the term making love. Huge problem. Yeah. Huge issue. Ed Daly, who couldn't be here with us tonight, wants it known that he is strictly in the anti-make-love camp. Right. 
there was an audible gasp from the audience. You're not supposed to talk about the sex stuff. No. That's the rule. No. And I, as you said, Jason, it's the first time in Bachelor or Bachelorette history a jilted or otherwise contestant has actually said that he or she had actual sex in the family. And you, you could tell he had it holstered because he was working up to say it. Oh. He was working up the oh, courage. Yeah. He had paused. And then he kind of like couldn't get it out real definite because he he wasn't sure that he wanted to go through with it, but he he had it ready to go and and he said it, didn't he? And it was like uh, you know, I, he had this zinger locked and loaded. Yep. It's like, do I do it? How do I deliver it? Once I do deliver it, she's going to be blown away. And her reaction was she gathered not, herself pretty quickly. Yeah, not surprisingly, she owned it. She's she returning. Like, I don't know what you're talking about or just glossed over it. Yeah. But she basically said that's something private between two she people. Said, First of all, that was a that was below the belt. That's yeah. something I think is private. Sort of a bad use. Should be kept private. Yeah. And that's right. It was a low blow for sure. But and, I mean, the three of us talked after the Juan Pablo mm-hmm. uh, season and I remember that after the finale feeling so, um, you know, un- unsatisfied with the finale because you had Juan Pop, the, the person, I forget her name now, who Nikki. lost. Oh. I, Nikki's nemesis. Whoever Claire. What up, Claire? Hey, girl. The helicopter thing and basically Juan Pablo made it. He said, I really book. enjoyed fucking you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they had butt sex that night, but that's that's just my opinion. First I, date. I do think that there's like um, that night. I'm like, why didn't they even mention it to Nikki? Why didn't they bring this up? Is because you don't bring that up on the show, right? No, it's it's the taboo. The show is about love and romance. Yeah. It, it it happens. It's just not acknowledged. Which and is the weirdest just, thing about the show, just, don't you think? So weird. And it's also it's interesting to me and here and it here's it's a societal thing mm-hmm. that here you have a woman bachelor and it's the the fact that she sexed both fantasy guys is sort of it's look, It's looked at as a point of shame. Yeah. Whereas if it's a guy bachelor and he <laughs> slays all three contestants, it's like, hey, that's what he does. He's I, a I, guy. Yeah, no, that, that, that's the double standard. You know, that's the world we live in. That's fine. Yeah. But I, I do, I did, I did, I, I found it just fascinating, and I was really hoping to look on Twitter and see the reaction that. You know, I wanted to make sure that I heard it right because right. you just never see that. And no, then it was shocking. The producers love that. You, you jump ahead to, you know, you come back after the break and she's all smiles, hugging on her fiancé, and that subject is never even brought up. Like, right. hey, dude, your fiancé just acknowledged that she screwed the guy well, that you're competing against. Brian that, that- and I talked about that, and I feel yeah. like she gave Josh a heads up, like he knew, but having, it, having somebody announce it on TV that his fiancé recently sexed the other contestant you we 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 think his ego is a little bruised oh absolutely as a guy jason you're a guy uh as a guy it's we all have egos and that that would be a tough thing to wear going on tv knowing that the world knows that your chick your fiance who you've proposed to who you've pledged your love was absolutely getting worn out just the night before. 
Nick is wearing anyone out. Well, probably not. He's, I think he's he a seems bad like a very way. effeminate lover. Absolutely. He definitely he's a missionary guy all the way. <laughs> in, in his defense, though, the, he the cries only afterwards. He's never had sex with are his sisters and mom. That's so true. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, they talk history, so he's probably not very experienced. Nick strikes me as someone who gets a little like emotional and maybe cries a little bit after sex. Uh, oh, definitely, and not he's not familiar with the female anatomy. He needs to be introduced to the clitoris. He needs to learn to take his time. I felt like Josh nipple was really, play all of the above. I felt like Josh was really overcompensating, making comments about how he was trying to knock Andy up. Yeah. Yeah. He was very trying like, to seem like a man and very territorial. Like had his was arms quite, around he was her. And, the alpha male. He yeah, was totally. it, it was too alpha male though. Tough. I, I into this every night. That guy maybe right. had once, but I'm I'm in this thing every single night, and I'm going to tell the world. Now, the thing that with Josh that I'm kind of annoyed with, and Kate as yeah. a woman could speak to this. What do you think of all of his like touchiness and like grabbing on her arms and constantly rubbing? It really arms? weirded me out. You could tell Andy didn't like it. I feel like he's. I feel it. like he's controlling and jealous. He and, and well, she insecure and she sort of. There were a lot of signs there. She said, "Well, yeah, we'll probably start planning a wedding." And she's like, "He's more into it. He, he wants, wants to, it sooner he than wants I to do." Get married in the spring, and she wants to wait a while. Yeah, it's this is not going to last. This is another um, Roberto and Ali Fedadowski. Uh, an, Another who's another couple? Oh no, I think these guys are going all the way. You think they'll get married? TV I think, marriage? I think they're going to get married wow. on TV. Wow. Yeah. No, I think they've they've committed. Unless he really turns out to be like super controlling, insecure, jealous yeah. guy. Yeah. They're they're going all the way. Wow. Interesting. Um. And yeah. And back to Nick and this whole making love thing. Like, who calls it making love? Like. It, right. I mean, it doesn't mean what it literally is. Like, it's an awful euphemism for sex, which old people and parents who are trying to explain sex to young children use, period. But let's be honest. Nick uses making love because Nick's a sociopath that probably has a crawl space filled with bodies. <laughs> he came at her, though, like... Only people who are, quote, in love can make love. Like, yeah, was, so crazy. I mean, so what? She, you, you said you loved her. She had sex with you. Yeah. Like, where is the crime? Yeah. Be, like, be you stoked. You don't need like, to be in love with someone to have sex with them. Andy's pretty it smoking. It happens every day on Tinder. Right. Yeah, exactly. He's tragically, emotionally immature. Like, um, not put a notch in the belt, go back to Chicago, he needs to grow up and do some work. And he doesn't need to get married to anyone any anytime no. soon. He's yeah, he's he's a, he's like four years older than Josh, and was much less seemed much less of a mature man. Okay, so does does that wrap it up, Kate? Um, yeah, and, and yeah. Who's does, the next bachelor? Has it been announced? Um. They didn't announce it last night. They didn't announce it, but it seems Chris pretty clear that it's going to be Chris Farmer was in Chris. Studio, yeah. And they, Chris Harrison kept making lots of jokes and slapping him on the back, and it seemed pretty obvious. But next up, we've got Bachelor in Paradise, which starts next Monday. Jason, you fired up for Bachelor in Paradise? Yeah, it looks so good. Have you seen the trailer for it? There's a lot of good spoilers online, actually. It looks like it's going to be a good show. I'm excited. One spoiler I read today um, read that contestant Michelle Kajawa from. Jake Pavelka, a.k.a. Jake the Pilot season. Another sociopath. Um, she was also on the first season of Bachelor Pad. She gets herself into a sticky situ- situation. Apparently she got caught with one of the show's sound guys in her room. 
Awesome. And Reality Steve says that the guy jumped off Michelle's balcony to try to avoid getting caught, and he broke his feet or legs or something. I love it. I love it <laughs> when the talent bangs the hell. That's so good. Also, like sound guy, it's a pretty low rung of the of the, who you could sex on the set. Back to my point. So Chris is as the bachelor. Do you yeah. like that, Kate? Yeah, I, I do. Oh, Kate's a huge Chris fan. I do. I like Chris. I think that he's got a lot more than we've seen. There's a lot more there than like he showed on the show because he's like he was the only grown up. That wasn't, like, really cringeful. I mean, it's suspect that he's on the show, but, like, at, out of all the guys, like, he was definitely my favorite. He, well, he, he's, he's not bad to He's got either. everything going for him. He's handsome. I mean, he's the successful. show will have a definite theme. He's it will the be, farmer vibe. It will be, like, trying to find him a girl that's happy to live on the farm, to live the farm life. So they've got, you know, that angle as well as... Is he going to be able to pay somebody a couple more times to... Go up in a plane with written messages about his checks. Sounds like he's pre- doing pretty well, so I think he will. He, yeah, he might. He can. I think he's got at least like a few more of those. Hopefully, when he's the bachelor, they'll find less uncomfortable places for him to sit down on There's his dates. Cornfields and logs. Hey, have a seat on this log. And and I'm hoping, and and maybe he's had some time to um, evolve and mature. But I'm hoping that the best tool in his bag is not to play hide and seek with the next that was woman. that was a little odd definitely hide and seek. That's so I mean, weird. family hide oh, and yeah. seek uh yeah let's hope he's up for playing hide but yeah something I, else. I like farmer chris i think he's a good okay. guy yeah he'll be a good bachelor i'm fi- fired up for bachelor in paradise because i saw cody from the bachelorette has he's a trainer and he's obviously been cycling the entire time in between because he's looking <laughs> Super he's like huge. He's looking super yoked up, <laughs> carrying lots of water weight, and he and he got all bronzed up and orange. So I am super excited so to good. see what he gets up to. And also, on Claire, and also Claire from Juan Pablo's episode is on it, and she's, she's my hot. favorite crazy yeah. bitch. She ramps up the crazy. She ramps up the. You know she's DTF, so we don't have to worry about that. Sacramento dirty. Yeah, she's she's a Sacramento hairdresser, which is just about as dirty as you can be. So I'm really, really excited to see what she gets up to. Hopefully, she hooks up with Cody. That's Cody like the, never hooks up with anybody. That's his thing. Yeah, no, I know. It looked like Cody was hooking up with um, Sarah. Sarah Wanamaker. Oh, I'm into that. I'm definitely into that. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll talk more. We'll do a, a preview maybe once we find out who's going to be on or I don't know. As as Bachelor in Paradise pa- draws the, the, nearer, we'll definitely week. talk about it. Oh, it is. It starts next Monday. The Are you kidding? Oh my God. Well, we'll talk about it when it's on. Then what do I know? All right, uh, Kate. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. All right, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Excellent job. Always good to have you on. We'll have you on more. There's discussion of doing another draft extravaganza. A lot of stuff in the works here at the Baller Lifestyle. Um, anything else, Jason? No, we're good. Thanks for having me again, guys. I'm always up for this. You know that. And uh, until next time, I'll see you all on Twitter. Absolutely. Follow Jason Stewart at Jason Stewart on Twitter. Follow him on a- Follow him on Instagram. Same for all of us. You, if you don't follow me, like, why are you listening? Like our Facebook page, obviously, the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. Uh, until next week, for Ed Daly, for Jason Stewart, for Fancy Sauce, I'm Brian Beckner. 
This is the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We'll see you next week.